You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Breaking news this week, and my God, do we have some breaking news this week. There's a lot going on now that our show is down to one time a week. We have, yeah, we just have a lot going on. We'll start it off with the 49ers. Defensive coordinator Robert Salee hired as Jets head coach. This is a really great hire by the Jets. Robert Salee's defense for the 49ers has been pretty dynamic. He had a lot of injuries this year, so I don't feel like they were as good as what they could have been. But overall, people really respect him. They think highly of him. And it's Jets made a good hire this time. Um, we'll see if uh, Richard Sherman, he's going to be a free agent if he tries to go over to the Jets. Um, that'll be interesting. He was a big fan of Robert Salee. But uh, good job by the Jets on this one. I, I can't really complain. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, a lot of teams are hiring offensive gurus. Robert Salee is a defensive guru. And with that Jets defense already, pretty pretty good. Um, I, I think he can strengthen that unit even more and, uh, you know, start building that offense to uh, – Matt, uh, you know, catch up to that defense. Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley was hired as the Chargers head coach. This is a good move. Obviously, Rams had top-notch defense, so you've seen a lot of teams going with offensive head coaches last year. Now they're going with the defensive coaches. Um, Brandon Staley was one of the best. He had a lot of great talent for the Rams, and. I like this hire for the Chargers. They went from, you know, a guy that was a running backs uh, guy to, uh, you know, a defensive guy. And they're kind of in the same situation as the Jets. You know, they had, uh, Chargers had a lot more injuries. Uh, you know, Derwin James was hurt pretty, you know, before the season even started. That was big. It really hurt their uh, pass defense. But this could be a really great unit for the Chargers on defense. And hiring someone like Brandon Staley could uh, really make a difference. I think the only key here is, you know, he's going to have to hire an offensive coordinator that can work with Justin Herbert and really develop him some more. And uh, uh, if he's able to do that, Chargers are going to be a pretty decent team. Uh, Dan Campbell was hired by the Lions as their head coach, and he had an interesting press conference where he was talking about biting kneecaps and getting knocked down and all this other stuff. He looks like a rah-rah type of coach. Um, the only issue I have with this is he was hired for six years, and six years is a lot of years for a coach that's not really proven because he hasn't really – he's been in like an assistant coach, assistant head coach, assistant tight ends coach, hasn't really been the head guy anywhere. He's always just been a, a piece. And, uh, again, he might have – he might be a good rah-rah type of guy for the Lions, but um, – 
he's it's really going to come down to who he hires as a coordinator. So who his defensive coordinator is, who his offensive coordinator is, I'll pass judgment then because he's really going to have to rely on them to really make those units uh, what they need to be to be a winning franchise. So that one's kind of incomplete for me right now until we see what that is. Eagles hire from former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as head coach. And this one kind of confused me. I mean, Nick Sirianni is a good talent. He's a good offensive coordinator. But he didn't wow me. He didn't stand out to me. I really felt like there was other candidates that I would be more excited about than Nick Sirianni. So, unfortunately, you know, if you're an Eagles fan who's already wired pretty aggressively, <laughs> um, the, I, I'm not sure there's too many Eagles fans that are too happy with this head coaching hire. I really feel like they're just made a neutral kind of hire uh, from Doug Peterson, and this isn't, you know, this this isn't going to make the Eagles' offense any better. Um, it's not going to make their defense any better. I don't know. I, I think with all the hiring so far, that this Eagles one's outside of Dan Campbell, of course, uh, w- which is incomplete. This one's the most perplexing to me. Uh, Saints assistant GM VP Terry Fontenot. He's hired as the Falcons general manager. That's a good move. Saints were able to really get in some talent, and uh, I, I think Terry Fontenot can do some good things with this Falcons. I mean, he already has some talent with Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, and you know Julio Jones is still there. Um, so he has an offense, and he just really needs to build up that defense. And what, what he did with the Saints defense, I think, was a uh, kind of a factor in uh, why they hired him. Former 49ers GM and current Jaguars interim GM, Trent Baalke, is kept on as the Jaguars GM. He was the interim, obviously, when uh, Caldwell got fired. And he did a good job with the Niners. So he has experience with uh, especially a new head coach to the NFL game in uh, Urban Meyer. This uh, isn't a bad move bring some stability to the franchise and a guy that's done it before so we'll see how it goes i'm kind of impartial on this one i don't have an opinion on it i just want to see how it goes because you know he was he was decent but um i feel like it's a low risk when uh, a move which you kind of needed to do when you took a high risk trying to hire a college coach out of the college ranks to uh, coach the football team washington hiring 49ers vp of player personnel martin mayhew as their gm Washington football team, that's, you know, all these 49ers VP type uh, GMs are going all over the place. You know, Trent Baalke and then Martin Mayhew. Um, That's good for the Washington football team. Mayhew did a great job building up those 49ers as well. And uh, this will be... uh, a tall task to try to turn around this Washington football team. Really think they need a a lot more weapons on offense to match their defense. I really like their defense. I feel like it's an up and coming defense that's really exciting. So he has some pieces to work with, and we'll uh, see how he does. Uh, Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak announced his retirement, which you know he retired for a little bit after the the uh, being the Broncos offensive coordinator with uh, some con- heart condition or something. And uh, was a great coach for the Houston Texans for a long time. Gary Kubiak's just a great coach in general. You know, you saw that Vikings offense. It was great with Dalvin Cook, 
the way they use Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, just all the way around, really good, uh, really good offense. And I'm kind of worried about the Minnesota Vikings offense now. Uh, Office is going to depend on who they hire, but uh, I feel like some of that continuity that they had on offense for the last couple of years is uh, potentially could uh, could go away. So something worth monitoring and uh, seeing how that will affect the, uh, you know, the Dalvin Cooks or the Justin Jeffersons of the fantasy football world. Ravens release Robert Griffin III. That wasn't a surprising move. You know, when he uh, came in for Lamar Jackson, he definitely was a step down from Lamar Jackson, and obviously that's what a backup quarterback is. I get it. But there was, you know, I felt like, other quarterbacks could have got more out of their opportunity than Robert Griffin did. And, you know, he got hurt in the playoff game, and the Huntley came in, and Huntley played a lot better than Robert Griffin. So I'm uh, I'm all for that move. I think uh, Robert Griffin's about the end of the line. Of course, there's always teams looking for quarterbacks, so he could end up somewhere as like a, you know, a backup somewhere else or even a third string. Mark Ingram was released. This is pretty significant news. Baltimore Ravens released him. The writing was on the wall for this one. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, really great backs. Even Justice Hill, he's over for the Ravens right now. There just wasn't room for him. He's a good back. He's going to be a hot commodity. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I actually think the Steelers would be a good move for him. I know it's crossed, you know, know, over to a division rival, but... um, He's he's a he's a decent back and just uh, lost out to uh, the rookie and uh, he's gonna have to have a new home next year and for fantasy football purposes you definitely should monitor where he goes because he could be a, a a good fantasy football commodity uh, depending on that landing spot. Philip Rivers retires. That's sad news. Uh, Philip Rivers. I really appreciated watching him play football. Appreciated all the smack talk that he did with uh, the other team. If he, you know, Philip Rivers. If you weren't a Chargers fan, you pretty much hated Philip Rivers. But if you were a Chargers fan, you loved him. Um, he's going back to his seven children. Maybe he'll have a uh, have time to have some more. But uh, it's the end of the rope for Philip Rivers. He was probably one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history to not even make a Super Bowl, let alone not win a Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, when it's time for him to go to the Hall of Fame, if he ends up making it or not based off of that. But uh, definitely a very good quarterback and uh, one of the generations, uh, definitely top five. Drew Brees, he retires, and who could blame him? I mean, broken ribs, uh, bum knee. Uh, I just think overall Drew Brees was walking wounded this year. And, you know, you talk about how he wasn't able to throw some of those uh, passes at the end of the year. I'm sure (laughs) nine broken ribs had something to do with that. We don't talk about that enough. Like, everyone's like, oh, Drew Brees was done. He looked done. He's 43. He wasn't able to throw the ball down the field. Well, you look at all the injuries that he had, and that definitely contributes to that. It's like, you know, chop off my arm. How am I supposed to throw 50 yards down the field? Um, But it's definitely time for Drew Brees. The Saints can move on with Jameis Winston if they want to or Taysom Hill, however they want to do that. I think uh, 
I hate to say this, but I think Jameis Winston's the better option. I think Taysom Hill's better for the gadgets. You know, they're able to run the ball better with Taysom Hill, but uh, you, you need to have a quarterback that can win in different ways. And I, I think that quarterback will be Jameis Winston. Yeah, we'll we'll see if he ends up staying with the uh, the the Saints, but uh, it's something to monitor. And you know, this is definitely going to affect Alvin Kamara. It's going to affect uh, Michael Thomas. So we'll see. And Michael Thomas was hurt as well. He's saying that he was playing just because of Drew Brees, that he was trying to win him a Super Bowl, that he was pretty hurt with his knees. Actually, both knees, I guess, he had surgery on. So, uh, you know, you look at the upcoming fantasy football season, he might be someone that you don't drop too much and uh, try to pick up early because he can, you know, if he's able to recover from those injuries, he can be a top play receiver again. But we'll see if he even comes back to the Saints. I mean, they might trade him based off of what direction they're going. So Saints definitely a team to pay attention to this offseason. QB Dwayne Haskins signs a futures contract with the Steelers. So the mystery is over. Where will Dwayne Haskins land? It is with the Steelers. Um, This move, I don't know what to think about it. It's a really low-risk move by the Steelers. It's really just a futures reserve contract. So they look at him through training camp. If they cut him, he doesn't cost him anything. So it's uh, the low risk, high reward type of signing. If he ends up, you know, putting it all together and, and being a professional and taking the game serious, you know, not going to strip clubs during COVID or uh, calling in sick the day of a game because you're not starting, those type of things. Uh, I think Steelers is a good environment for him where he can excel under. You know the the Steelers culture that they have there, and uh, although it has been taking a beating with the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell stuff, I still think it's a a good spot for certain players. And he'll, you know, Ben Roethlisberger more than likely will be back again for another year, and he can learn from him how to be a professional and with the other coaches. And uh, it's a good situation for him. So we'll see how that goes. And man, that was a lot, but uh, that's the news for this week. And uh, Let's get uh, right into the recap of the divisional playoff games. Yay! Doing the recap of the divisional playoff games, it was a crazy weekend last week, and mostly just because of the defensive battles. And and the one game I thought was going to be a defensive battle really wasn't. And that's the way playoff football works sometimes. But the Green Bay Packers on the first game destroyed the Los Angeles Rams. 32-18, 32-18, to 18. wasn't even close the whole time. Aaron Rodgers just was so efficient, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, I mean, he only had 14 carries and almost had 100 yards and a touchdown. And with the Rams' great run defense, I didn't think that was going to happen, and it did. Uh, Aaron Donald was hurt in this game, you can definitely tell. Definitely, you know, he missed the end of the game. And obviously that's a big piece since he was Defensive Player of the Year. But, uh, you know, you thought the Rams defense would be able to kind of account for Aaron Donald maybe missing some snaps, and they couldn't. I mean, Green Bay was able to do what they wanted against them. Alan Lazard scored a touchdown. Devonta Adams had that nice little double motion across the line to uh, get open from uh, Jalen Ramsey. And it was this game was all Packers. Jared Goff. They really didn't do much. Cam Akers had a great game and pretty much solidified the fact that he's going to be a 
you know, a top two two round running back next year. Uh, he's, you know, he, watching him run and watching Malcolm Brown, watching Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers is definitely the, the guy, and he needs as many carries as he can get. So um, we'll obviously get into the offseason stuff with Cam Akers later, but had a great game. Van Jefferson, I, you know, I ha- had him in some of my lineups. I really liked him as the fill-in for Cooper Cup, and he was able to score a touchdown and get targeted seven times. Caught six of those for 46 yards, and had a real great day. Probably the best receiving day. I mean, Woods had a couple extra yards on a couple more catches, but I thought uh, uh, Van Jefferson was probably the best re- wide receiver on the Rams. So. Uh, not not too much more to say about this game. Packers definitely deserve to go, and you gotta like their chances being at home at Lambeau against the Buccaneers. Uh, in this one, uh, Bills against the Ravens. This game was just really maddening. This was a game where I thought would be a little high scoring, where the Bills' offense was pretty dynamic. The Ravens were able to move the ball. And although, again, the Bills have a pretty good defense, they have good players, they never really put it together. But they did in this one. I mean, Lamar Jackson got a concussion. You hate to see it. But Bills were well in control of this game way before Lamar Jackson's concussion. The the Ravens' offense couldn't do anything. And, I, I mean... Granted, the Bills' offense really didn't do much against this uh, Baltimore defense, but that's why I thought Baltimore might have, you know, could have had a shot to win this game. Was basically off of the fact that I thought they'd be able to hold the Bills, and the Bills wouldn't be able to hold the Ravens very much, and that didn't transpire that way. Uh, Lamar Jackson only had 162 yards passing with an interception, and Josh Allen really didn't do much either. He had 206 yards with a touchdown only ran for three yards so really overall you're looking at both of these lineups and outside of maybe uh, Stefan Diggs who got eight catches for 106 yards in the touchdown there really wasn't much to like here I mean DK or JK Dobbins was uh you know wasn't kidding he only had 42 yards <laughs> um so if you picked Dobbins you were uh, JK uh, just kidding he didn't really produce for you Hollywood Brown, I mean, he did decent. He had 87 yards on four catches, but no touchdowns. And obviously there was no touchdowns at all for the Ravens. The Ravens went all the way to Buffalo to not even score. And definitely the Buffalo Bills, uh, you're looking at their chances against Kansas City. It really all depends on Mahomes, but got to like the Bills' chances if Mahomes doesn't play in this one. But it really, I think, comes down to that. The Browns and the Chiefs. This was a, a game where Browns had a shot at the end, just couldn't do it. And, you know, the Chiefs made some g- uh, gutsy calls on fourth down, and they converted them. And, just, you know, the Chad Henney run where uh, he was able to get the first down at the end, it was it, it was great play calling by the Chiefs, and they really played to win and not to lose. And you like to see that. That's why I think people like to watch the Chiefs. Because they're a fun squad, and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to lose these games, and they make decisions accordingly. And and I think they use analytics better than most of the other teams in the NFL, and that's why they always have that edge. Overall, though, there wasn't, a, a, you know, stat-wise, a lot of great performances. Uh, Mahomes got a, a rushing touchdown, and he 
had that uh, toss to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had an amazing day. He had eight catches for 109 yards. Tyreek Hill had eight catches for 110 yards. So Kelsey wins out because he had the touchdown. But both had really good performances. And Hollywood Higgins had a great performance. I mean, he had 88 yards on five catches. But, I mean, Chubb was pretty much held in check, 69 yards. Cream Hunt, he scored a touchdown, but he was held in check. And uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, he only threw the one interception, so he didn't turn the ball over. And, again, the Browns played good enough to win. They uh, just couldn't put together at the end. So it was a really good game. Chiefs deserve it, though. And uh, with Mahomes obviously getting concussion as well, it was kind of a rough weekend to watch two of the most uh, electrifying quarterbacks uh, go down with uh, concussions and not be able to finish the game in in such a key, you know, big-time matchup. Buccaneers beat the Saints, and I think the synopsis of this game was Drew Brees just looked done. He couldn't throw the ball very far. I mean, Jameis Winston had to come in to throw that trick play to Tyquan Smith, and it just uh, wasn't the the Saints' day. You know, they they beat him the Buccaneers twice in the regular season, so you thought they'd be able to hold the Buccaneers a little bit more again, especially being at home. And they they couldn't really do it. Uh, Brady only threw for 199 yards, but had the two touchdowns and uh, the quarterback sneak on on the one. Uh, but the receive uh, Mike Evans had one catch for three yards and was the one that scored the touchdown. And then Leonard Fournette got a receiving touchdown. And uh, Tyquan Smith actually had both receiving touchdowns for the Saints, and that was pretty much their offense. Drew Brees, you know, threw three interceptions. You don't like to see that. And it's a sad day in in New Orleans with Drew Brees retiring. He's going to be done. He's going to go out as the Saints' all-time best quarterback, definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. It's just uh, you, you hate to see him go out this way, but you, you can tell. He looked like Peyton Manning on his last year. and He was just done, so that's the way it goes. So now we're looking forward to some uh, great games this week that we'll preview, and uh, let's get right into it. And the first game on the conference championships is the NFC Championship. It is the Battle of the Bay the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Which bay is better? Well, the Packers are favored by three. They're at home. The over-under is 51. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one, and I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be a higher-scoring game. I know Tampa Bay annihilated the Packers earlier this year. Really, like This was one of the games that Aaron Rodgers really wasn't effective. But I don't see that happening again, and I... I can see the Packers winning, but I really think it's going to be close. I wanted to take the Packers here at home. I just really like the Buccaneers' weapons. Ronald Jones should be back in this one. Godwin should be playing. Uh, I mean, I, I think Antonio Brown's maybe the farthest one from not being available. Uh, I can, you know, Mike Evans is questionable, but I think he can play. Um, but if you're, you're trying to do your uh, conference championship lineups for the weekend, Aaron Rodgers is definitely a start. Uh, Ronald Jones is definitely a start. Aaron Jones, so the Aaron brothers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, uh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Robert Tanyan. I think you can basically start everyone on the Green Bay Packers side. I 
I like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers to be able to pass the ball down the field against his Buccaneers defense. And I, I would write off Aaron Jones, except for you saw what he just did against the Rams and their run defense. They're just as good as the Buccaneers with their run defense. So, And Aaron Jones is part of the passing game as well. So you got to like him on that. For the Buccaneers, I, I like Antonio Brown if he plays. Now, if he doesn't play, I'm... I would pivot to Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson. Actually, like Tyler Johnson's upside a little bit more than Scotty Miller's. But if Antonio Brown doesn't play, their options outside of that, just Antonio Brown. I, I think with um, uh, McKenzie, Alexander, uh, probably going to be on Evans. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for Evans. He might have another pretty mediocre day. And Godwin might too, actually. Um, they both didn't do well last week. I can see that happening this week. But uh, there's too many, again, there's too many weapons, so I can see the uh, third receiver really having a, a good day because you can't cover all three of them. And Rob Gronkowski is a bench for me as well. Packers do a good job defending that tight end position. I realize that Brady has a good rapport with Gronkowski, but I, I, I don't see it in this game where Gronkowski is going to have a big day. And I actually think Tom Brady is a sit. I think you'll again hit that third receiver and get some a couple big plays maybe, but it's not going to equal the day that Aaron Rodgers is going to have, or even some of the quarterbacks in the other games. So I actually like Tom Brady the least this week out of the four quarterbacks. And uh, yeah, I mean outside of Ronald Jones and that third receiver on the Buccaneers, there's not anyone else I'm really starting. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but. Having said that, I, I do like Tampa Bay's defense a little bit. So maybe they can get a couple defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns or something. But I really think this game is going to be close, and it's really going to come down to a couple points. So I, I'm taking the Buccaneers, but who knows who's going to win this one. Uh, but it'll, it'll, be a, uh, it'll be a higher scoring affair. I think it'll be, you know, like 31 to 30 or 31 to 29 or something crazy. So... We'll see how that goes. This next game is the AFC Championship. It's the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a lot like the Buccaneers-Packers game where the Chiefs are favored by three. And I'm going with the Bills. I think the Bills might be able to win, but it really depends on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do, if he's going to play or not. It's looking like he's going to play. So, uh, but I have to make the decision now. And even with Patrick Mahomes, I think the Bills have a shot. So I, I'm not saying they win, but I'm taking the Bills and taking the three points. The over-under is 53.5. I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Having said that, for the Bills, I'm starting Josh Allen. Uh, I think he can do great things running and passing against this Chiefs defense. Devin Singletary, I think you can play him if you have a uh, you know, you're playing a lineup this week in FanDuel or DraftKings. It, I know he didn't do much last week, but the Chiefs give up a lot more points to the running back position. And with Zach Moss on IR, Devin Singletary is the only guy left. So he can be a good play here. Uh, and Stephon Diggs, of course, you're playing him all day long. He's been the best wide receiver. And he continues to get a lot of targets and, and be Josh Allen's safety blanket. And Dawson Knox on this... I, the tight end position 
is, you know, well, the Chiefs give up a lot at the tight end position, and Dawson Knox is their tight end. They're using him more. I'm glad they're starting to use him in the passing game. I, I like Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox as a tight end, and I like him in this week in the championship game. And I'm sitting Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis. Cole Beasley's questionable again with that injury, and we'll see if he's able to pull through. I don't think, you know, I think he'll play again, but he was pretty ineffective last week. I think this will be kind of a repeat performance for him, and that's just too bad, but uh, he'll be on my bench. And then um, that's pretty much it on the Chiefs side. I would start Mahomes, of course, if he plays, because Mahomes is just a great quarterback. This is not a horrible matchup against the Bills. Bills are middle of the road defending against the quarterback position, so Mahomes has a shot to really have an effective day if he plays. And then I like McCole Hardman as that other receiver. I think they'll do a good job defending Tyreek Hill. And if Sammy Watkins plays, maybe Sammy Watkins. But uh, they can't cover everybody, and McCole Hardman's kind of that boomer bust play, and he has a lot of potential for a boom, so I, I think he could be a, a good play here. And then Travis Kelsey. I mean, you saw what Travis Kelsey can do as a tight end every week. You know that the Bills don't defend the tight end very well, so it's just a matchup made in heaven for the championship week for Travis Kelsey. You, you know, you saw what Jack Doyle was able to do. Imagine what Kelsey can do. And, and I actually think Andrews could have had a better game last week against the Bills. I just don't think they could uh, get him the ball. <laughs> and that's not necessarily on on Andrews and the Chiefs' ability to defend the tight end. So there you have it. I'm benching everybody else. Like I said, Tyreek Hill, I like his talent. I, I'm just worried about this matchup. I think they'll do a good job of bottling him up. And then uh, Cole Beasley, or sorry, not Cole Beasley, Sammy Watkins, Byron Pringle, um, not really high on them either. Le'Veon Bell, again, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire plays, I think Daryl Williams is the better play here. Daryl Williams has been the best back, uh, you know, later in the season. And uh, even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does play, I, I still think Daryl Williams is the better back right now. And uh, I think the Chiefs will utilize him the, the most in this game. So there you have it. We'll see how it goes. But I'm excited for these games. You know, it's good to see Bills Mafia be represented again. They've been waiting a long time. You know, Chiefs going for the back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Tampa Bay hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time. What, like 2005 or so? And uh, they're going to be back in the playoffs. Green Bay Packers, old man Rodgers. Uh, everyone left them for dead this year with that offense. And they're on the verge of a championship as well. So four worthy teams and uh, four good matchups. Or <laughs> two good matchups. <laughs> Here's the fun part of the show where we go through the FanDuel slash DraftKings lineup to give you the best lineup. It's the free money section because we give you the lineup, you plug it in, and you win money. Last week, we were a touchdown away from being in the money. We were sold short on the Baltimore Ravens, unable to score any touchdowns. Uh, if it, you know, Andrews... Dobbins, any of those guys score a touchdown, we're in the money. Didn't happen, so uh, we'll do better this week and get you the right lineup. We've been on a good streak until last week, so let's see if we can uh, get another one going. Quarterback, 
I have the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen at $8,500. Chiefs, again, give up a lot of points to the quarterback. And with Josh Allen's rushing ability, he's the most mobile of the four. So I went with him and just because he, had, he gives me that component. Um, he was pretty expensive, but, I mean, all quarterbacks, when you only have four options, are pretty expensive. So my other running back, or my first running back, I should say, is Ronald Jones, the second Tampa Bay Buccaneers at $5,600. The Green Bay Packers give up a lot of yards to the running back. Now, I know he's hurt, and they're not sure if he's going to be playing. I think he will be playing, and uh, he played last week. He played second fiddle to Leonard Fournette, so I know you're like, why aren't you playing Leonard Fournette? I just think with uh, Jones having a second week to get back, he might actually take over more of the workload than Fournette and be the better play here. So am I taking a risk? I am, but that's how you win, is you got to take some risks. And I, I just think Ronald Jones, contrary to what everyone's reporting, saying that Leonard Fournette will probably be the main back, I'm going to gamble on Ronald Jones being that guy. And uh, we'll see if it works out for me. Running back, the other uh, running back position, I have Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, that might change if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back. But as of now, I just... I like Daryl Williams. I think he's a better running back. Uh, I think he's better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now. Um, and uh, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't play, Daryl Williams is going to get most of those carries. Le'Veon Bell got like two carries last week, so I really feel like they're facing him out and really depending on Williams. He's only, like I said, $6,000, so he's pretty cheap, and that lets me get uh, higher-priced people for my wide receiver and flex spots. So... First receiver is Devontae Adams, $8,900. He's going against the Tampa Bay defense that gives up a lot of passing yards. I like this matchup a lot. Could have went Stephon Diggs here, but I, you know, Chiefs are pretty good at defending the wide receivers. And Devontae Adams, I just, that connection with Aaron Rodgers, I, I want every, I want all the stocks in that that I can, so... Uh, Mike Evans is my next receiver at $6,600. I felt like he was rather cheap compared to what he normally is. Um, and the reason for that is Green Bay is pretty good at uh, defending the pass. He might have Mackenzie Alexander on him, which is pretty brutal. But he's a big red zone threat. And even last week when he got one catch, it was a touchdown. So uh, I obviously in, in these type of games that you you bet on or play on you're looking for touchdowns and Mike Evans is the best bet I think to get a touchdown so he's in my lineup and then I have little Cole Beasley $5,700 as my third receiver for Buffalo I know he's hurt and I know I said he would be a sit but I, I think somebody's going to get some catches for the Bills and with Gabriel Davis being hurt it might not you know might uh might be sitting out this one um you know, uh, he's the only other option I, I feel comfortable playing uh, with the the money that I have left. Um, if he doesn't play, Isaiah McKenzie would be a good play, and you can plug him in there. I really like Isaiah McKenzie if Cole Beasley doesn't play, but uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, tight end Travis Kelsey, eighty six hundred dollars. He's going against the Bills, who are like twenty seventh against the tight end. We've talked about this during the preview. I want everything to do with Travis Kelsey. Put him in there. He's going to dominate. 
And then at my flex position, I have Robert Tanyan, $5,700, going against Tampa Bay, who also gives up a lot of points and yards and touchdowns to the tight end position. I, I think, you know, with the, the Buccaneers' poorest pass defense, that it's going to be a big game for Adams and Tanyan. And I like the way Tanyan was used last week, even though he didn't score. So uh, definitely should be in your lineup this week. And then with my defense, I just went with the Green Bay Packers against Tampa Bay. I actually feel like this is a tough one. I don't know what defense to play. Uh, all four of them could come out aces in this uh, this weekend. But Green Bay is the most expensive. I like the fact that they're at home. It's going to be cold weather. And I'm although I said it's going to be, you know, the over on the the points, the 51 points, I I feel like the Green Bay defense is going to do better than the Tampa Bay defense in this one. So there you go. That kind of maxes out my salary, and we'll see what happens. That concludes our show this week. We'll be back at it again next week, and at that time we'll know who our Super Bowl contenders will be. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. the Wiz Montalban. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers.